Hello, Real Life family and friends. Pastor Tim with you again today as we do week two, start week two today of our 40 days of prayer. And this is called Let's Get Connected. So we are looking to connect to God through prayer. And I'm also really inviting and encouraging you to get connected into some friendships. Uh, so we have life groups available and I'd encourage you to check those out. I think you can find those online in our app or call up here at the church and we'll try to find a life group for you. Um, and as I'm thinking about that, I just think about two common obstacles that we need to overcome uh, to get connected in friendships. Uh, just to kind of be real about this for a second, one is our priorities, right? We, time uh, needs to be given to relationships. Uh, there's so many other things that we give our time to. And so I want to challenge you to overcome the, the obstacle of, of priority and make friendships a priority in your, in your life. And so what can you give up so you can gain some friendships? Because that's what it takes, you know, to make a commitment to be a part of a life group. And secondly, uh, the other obstacle is vulnerability. And uh, I mean, it's the, the, the common fear of being real and honest with others. This is just a barrier that we have to overcome to have true friendships. This is a, the willingness to be honest and real with other people. But in the room of truth and grace, that's where we find real healing, when we're able to be real with people around us. And so I'm encouraging you to overcome these two obstacles, priority, make time for friendships, and vulnerability, overcome the fear of not being real, not opening up your life to other people, because you need that. We, we are meant to, um, uh, to be together. We need each other. No one is meant to be alone. Um, and we're, we're better together. So take that step to get connected to Life Group. Sign up, check them out so we can get connected in friendships. But also as we are um, learning about prayer, our desire is to get better connected to God. Okay, so let's talk about last week's message just for a second. The early church was devoted to four things. Um, as I read last week in Acts chapter 4, to the scriptures, to God's word, they were devoted to the teaching of the apostles, right? So God's word, which is the scripture. They are devoted to the fellowship, which is God's people, right? Relationships. They were devoted to um, communion, which I see as God's provision for healing for our lives. And they are committed or devoted to prayer, which really is God's presence. So we have God's word, God's people, God's provision, and God's presence. And so I want to challenge you to be devoted to these same things. Um, whenever you can make it physically to church, come. Your presence is so valuable and you're putting yourself into the presence of God and with other believers to be encouraged and for you to share and also receive the gifts of those around you. But also um, prayer, as we dive into prayer, wow, just the, the, the presence of God is, is accessible through prayer. And then the friendships we're trying to develop in our life groups and, of course, communion. So um, let's talk about prayer. Last week I talked about this word up at top. And if I was to pronounce this in Hebrew, I would say it's tefillah. Tefillah means prayer. And we talked about that a little bit. And um, I'm starting to unpack the definition of prayer for us. And each week I'm going to keep unpacking more layers of what prayer is all about. But um, our verse last week was James 4, 8. And I asked you to memorize this verse. It's, it says, um, come near to God and he will come near to you. 
Uh, some translations might say, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And prayer is all about us coming into the presence of God, fostering the presence of God. And when we pray, when we come into that space and we're seeking God, God comes into that space and we, we draw near to him. We get connected to God. And it's interesting that in James 4, 7, the verse just before that, uh, it gives us instructions on how to resist the enemy and he will flee from you. So it's kind of cool, a one-two punch. Resist the enemy, he will flee, draw near to God, and he will come. And that's what we need to do. I mean, we need to say no to evil. We need to uh, turn our back on the enemy, turn our back on those thoughts of the world. We need to resist those things. And then we need to welcome and pull God into our lives. And so keep that in mind. It's both at the same time, resisting and then drawing near to God, coming near to God. All right. And that's what I hope that you are doing. Uh, last week, we uh, started a prayer list. And this is a, a blank one here. And I just want to encourage you to keep doing this. Every day, we're trying to develop the pattern or devote ourselves to daily prayer. And so last week uh, we filled out this card and uh, if, if you didn't have a card, just you could do this on your own. Pray for your family, pray for your church. And then I think some of the other ones that we had there were pray for a friend, um, pray for someone in need, pray for a problem that you have, pray for a concern, and then pray for a pain or a hurt that you have, that you're hoping that God can heal in you. And so that's just a sample of things that we can be praying about each week. So renew your list this week and let's keep at it. We're in 40 days of prayer. We're believing that God's going to help us um, to see great changes because of the time we're given to, to prayer and that this becomes a daily habit for all of us. Okay. So uh, one of the meanings of prayer from last week to Phila that I shared with you um, comes from another Hebrew word, uh, and I had these three letters in red because these are the three root letters of prayer. And another word that comes from these three root letters is tofel, and it has the same three letters, and it means attachment. And so last week, I just want to remind you of this, that prayer, uh, tefillah, is related to attaching or joining or binding together two pieces that were broken, Okay. Put them back together. And so prayer is how we, as I mentioned last week, attach to heaven. How heaven attaches to earth. When we pray, we are, we are interacting with heaven and, and heaven is coming to earth. Uh, we use Jacob's staircase as an example of Jesus bridging the gap between earth and heaven. And Jesus is the staircase. And those of us who pray in the name of Jesus are able to access heaven's will and bring it down to earth. And it attaches together the will of God to the earth. So Jesus said, pray this way, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when heaven's will invades earth, life is restored, clarity comes, chains are broken, evil is defeated, sickness is healed, minds are renewed, love conquers hate, and, and that's what we want to see. Prayer is like the currency of heaven. It's how we access that will of God. But what I'm really excited about is the fact that, number one, I want to give this definition, prayer connects, binds, joins us to God. Prayer joins us to God. 
uh, in the beginning, when sin entered the world, our spirit was severed from God. Okay, so we are broken off from God. And one prayer of faith in Jesus, when you place your trust in Jesus in one prayer, that prayer has the power to reunite you with God. Wow, tefillah. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you are born again. Your spirit comes alive and you are reconnected or rejoined to God. That is the ultimate reattachment. That's the ultimate binding together because we are made in the image of God and we need him. We have his breath. We, we need his spirit. And sin broke us, separated us from God. And the only means by which we can be reconnected with heaven is through Jesus Christ, our sacrifice for our sin. Hallelujah. So get reconnected to him. Call on Jesus and you will be saved. You'll be forgiven of your sins. You'll be born again. Your spirit will come alive and you'll be attached with God for eternity. That's the power of prayer. Okay, but also, number two, prayer connects God's will to the earth. Matthew 6.10, Jesus said, your kingdom come. Pray this way, your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we access um, the, the will of God through prayer. So we're not just binding ourselves to God, but we are able to bind the will of heaven to the earth through prayer. That's what we did last week, okay? That's all review. You can check out that full message if you, if you check it out online. But moving forward, I want to continue to build on some of this understanding today. And I want to give you an example of the power of prayer. I just noticed this in my own personal devotionals this week in, in Luke chapter 3 when Jesus was baptized. I want to read this verse to you. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And this phrase just jumped out at me. Let me say it slowly. As he was praying, as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended. And that's my prayer for you and for me as we spend time uh, praying every day. As we pray, heaven is opened and the Holy Spirit comes down. Hallelujah. Let's do that. That's what I want to see happen. I need God. I want to experience God. I want to experience His peace, His presence. I want to hear Him speaking to me. I've got questions. I need answers. I need direction. I know you do too. We need strength. We need God. And it's, and it's through prayer that we access the presence of God. It's through prayer that we access the will of heaven. That's how we, that's how we function. It's, it's connecting with Him. So let's talk some more about prayer. And I hope that as we deep, uh, dive deep into the Hebrew meaning of prayer, it awakens in us um, the motivation and the inspiration to actually pray and to devote ourselves to prayer. Okay? So now I want to introduce the second word that's on my board here. And I put the same three letters in red just so that you can see. I know that you're not a Hebrew scholar, neither am I. But I am trying to show you what the real meaning of these words are in the Hebrew context. I just think that's really important. And so you see, whenever these words share the same three root letters, they are intricately connected. So this word, tefillah, means prayer. This word would be pronounced 
Lahit Palel. Totally different sounding word, but when you see the letters, it's the same three core letters or root letters. Lahit Palel means to pray. To pray. And what's interesting about this word is these other extra letters all have influence, all these dots and dashes and all that, all have influence on what this word means and the tense or the, the structure that the word is built with. This word is in a tense. There are seven different verb uh, categories in Hebrew. And this particular um, word is in a form that is a reflexive verb. I'm going to get a little technical with you for a second, but it's just really fascinating to me. So a reflexive verb is that the action of the, of the verb has an impact on the subject of the verb. In other words, if I'm the subject and I am praying, reflexive means that there is something happening to me uh, while I'm doing this. When you pray, something is happening to you. In other words, you're not just saying words and, and uh, uh, to God. You're not just saying, hey, God, help. I need this. I need that. Da, 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 and then walking away uh, and going on your merry way. And it was just you doing something. But when you do prayer, something is happening to you. That's what reflexive means. It's coming back. Some action is happening. And that action, that something is God. <laughs> this is amazing. You cannot pray in the Hebrew understanding without interacting with God. This is so cool. This is so cool. So there's always two involved in prayer, you and God. In other words, you're not just speaking words hoping that they land somewhere in God's vicinity. You are having an interaction, an encounter with God. And God is interacting with you. An example of this in English would be if I said, um, I have a friend, Banu, uh, in India, who's coming in October uh, 30th to share with us. And we're going to bless him. We're going to honor him because uh, Pastor Thampi, his father, passed away a couple months ago. And he has been um, a great man of God, an apostle, uh, a modern-day apostle to the country and the nation of India. And so we're going to collect an offering and bless him and bless that ministry. If you'd like to give, you can uh, contact us and we'll get that gift together for him. But if I was to say in English, I corresponded with Benu this week. That's like a reflexive uh, idea. That means I wrote to Benu and he wrote back. That's what the word corresponds means. It doesn't mean I just did something. I did something and something else was done back to me. We corresponded. I corresponded with him. I, I, got a whole, I wrote something. He wrote something back. That's what prayer is saying. We pray, but then God is also... Praying is not just us talking. That's what I'm trying to say. It's something bigger than that. We might think we're just talking to God, but God is also talking to us. We are doing something and something's coming back at us. This is what prayer is. It's an interaction with God. God is present. God is speaking. God is listening. He's speaking. We're speaking. And we should be 
listening. <laughs> and if the uh, indication that God gave us two ears and one mouth, uh, you know, is, is any application to this at all, then we should probably be listening more than we're speaking. Because God is there and he's present when we're praying. It's pretty awesome. So my third point about prayer, number one, prayer connects us to God, joins us to God, binds us to God. Number two, prayer connects God's will to the earth. And number three, this point I'm making is prayer is interaction with God. This is so important for you and for me to understand. We're not just speaking. God is also speaking. And God is interacting with us. We're having dialogue. We, we need to be listening to what God is impressing on our heart as well as sharing with God what's on our heart. So here's a memory verse I want to challenge you with this week. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. You know what? I don't know if that actually is. Let me see if that's actually the verse. And well, the, uh, the, the words say this. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. I just want to look that up real quick. Bear with me just a second. 1 Peter 3, 12. Yes, that's because the reason I was pausing there was because it is a quote from, it looks like Psalm 34, chapter 34. So the original verse is found in Psalm 34. But Peter's quoting this verse. And so I want us to memorize this. I love this. This is an encouraging phrase, an encouraging uh, verse for us. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. That means God's eyes are on you and his ears are attentive to your prayer. That means God is watching you, God is listening with you, and attentive means attention. God's, you've got God's attention. And when we, lahit palel, when we are going to prayer, when we are praying, this verb tense says that God is in that space with us. We're meeting with God. You should never ever question again whether God's hearing your prayers, because as soon as you are praying, God is present right now, right there, in that place, in that space, in that time. And Jesus is our model. So I want to go through a couple things about Jesus being our model, okay? You can look these verses up on your own as well. I'll quote them for you. But first of all, Jesus established a pattern of praying by himself. But he wasn't by himself. He was spending time with the Father. We see this clearly throughout Jesus' ministry. He was always praying, always going to uh, uh, be alone, get uh, in the presence of his father and engage and interact with him to get direction, information, uh, encouragement. He, he showed us this. Now he's the son of God and yet he is praying daily all the time and getting alone and spending time in the presence of his father to know what to do, to, to be encouraged, to have everything that he needed to have emotionally, physically, direction, vision, timing, all of that. So Jesus is our model. He's showing us how to do this. Here's one example. Luke 5, 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Matthew 14, 23, after he had dismissed them, he went on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. 
And so you see this pattern in Jesus' life, and you're like, well, why would Jesus need to pray? He was God. He could do anything. Well, because he was showing us how to live a dependent life upon the Father through prayer, to get information from God that we need to live our daily lives. Okay? So let me give you some examples. Number two uh, point about Jesus being our model is he gained direction and insight from the Father on what to do. Here's an example. Mark 1, 35. 36 to 38, 38. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And then some of his disciples found him. It says, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they ex exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And it's as if Jesus just came out of this time with God and the disciples are excited. Everybody's looking for you. We got all this stuff to do here. And Jesus says, ah, we got to go to the next village. This is why I've come. And he had clarity and he knew what to do that day. I believe that came out of that time with prayer. And that's what you and I need. I mean, I need clarity for my life, for my daily decisions and for, for bigger problems and bigger issues in my life, right? And we get that through prayer, through coming into the presence of God and interacting with God, not just saying stuff to God, but listening, getting, I say, you know, uh, instructions from, from headquarters, you know, on what God wants for us. Another example of Jesus being our model is Jesus made important decisions through prayer. Here's an example in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 to 13. It says, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. So he's praying to God. He's interacting with the Father. And it says, When the morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. So Jesus made his choice of 12 apostles out of all of the followers he had after an all-night prayer session with God. I believe Jesus was asking God, who do I pick? And he had all these names and all these people, and he's just sorting out with the Father saying, who do I pick? Who shall I, who shall I choose? You know, show me, release to me this information. And in the morning, he did it. He had the names. He just chose them. Uh, are you making important decisions in your life after you get clarity from God? Or are you going to God after you make big decisions and saying, God, oh God, help me get out of this. Help me, God. I made a wrong, you know, you know what I'm saying? So prayer isn't supposed to be something that we do after we get into trouble, although do it when you're in trouble. But prayer is our opportunity to interact with God and receive his wisdom on the front end of, of our decisions. And Jesus modeled that for us. I hope that you begin to pray ahead of time and get wisdom from God, direction from God, counsel from God on your major decisions in life. That's how it ought to be done. And finally, Jesus only did what he received from his Father in prayer. He said it this way in John chapter 5, verse 19 and verse 30. He says, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him 
who sent me. So Jesus is spending time in the presence of God. He's seeing what God wants him to see, and he's hearing what he needs to hear, and that's what he's living off of. That's what he's saying. I can't do anything on my own. I'm only doing what I see my father doing in, in, in spending time in his presence, and I'm only saying what I hear him telling me to say. So this is a, the model that Jesus set for you and for me. All right? So I also want to just encourage you with a couple other examples in, in the Bible. Whatever you're going through, um, God is present. As soon as you pray, God is there. And you don't have to be in church. You don't have to wait for a church service. Whatever's going on, God wants to be a part of your everyday life. That's why we're starting with this daily prayer list. But today I want to take it to the next level, challenge you to continue with your daily prayer list, your daily time that you set aside. Maybe it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is that you might be reading the Bible and praying through your prayer list. Do that devotional time, but add to that this idea that let's have conversation throughout our day with God. Spontaneous conversation. As things are coming up, let's go to prayer to God right then, right there in the moment. And this is, this is, a, this is all over Scripture. This is how people did it. I mean, there's amazing stories in the Bible. One is David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He comes back from uh, a battle, him and all of his men, and he finds out when he comes back that someone else had come and taken all of their possessions, all of their wives, and all their kids. And they were, they were heartbroken and devastated. And the Bible says they cried until they had no strength. They were just completely torn up. And then things got really ugly because all of David's men turned on him and they wanted to stone him and kill him because he was a leader. And they followed him. And now look, they went over on this journey. They come back and they lost their family and they lost everything. So their sadness turned to anger and they wanted to stone David. And the Bible says that David found strength in the Lord. He turned to God in that moment. He didn't have time to wait for the next Sunday church service. He didn't have time to call an elder or a pastor and have someone pray for him. He had to he needed God right now, and he turned to God and found strength in God. It says this in, in Samuel 30, verse 8 and 18. David inquired, and he inquired of the Lord, and he said to God, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And God answered. And God said, Go get them. <laughs> pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. So in the midst of David's crisis, in the midst of his pain, in the midst of all this turmoil, everybody turning against him, what did he do? He turned to the Lord in that moment, and God spoke to him and gave him direction on what to do, and God answered him. And so he did what God said, and it says, David recovered, in verse 18, everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. And God restored everything to David and everything to his men and gave him success and victory. And he went to the Lord in that moment. And that's a great example for you and for me. Whatever's going on in our life, we turn to the Lord immediately and we have an interaction with God. 
And God, as we said in our verse, 1 Peter 3, 12, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. God is watching you and God is listening to your prayers. And God is with you when you pray. Wow, awesome. Just a couple other examples. There's a powerful example of Paul in Acts chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. I want to read this to you. So Paul and his buddy Silas are in prison and they're praying and they're singing. And it says here about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So they're praying and singing, which means God is there. And that's what that means. Because whenever you're praying and worshiping, God is there. So Paul and Silas are in a prison. They're chained. They're praying and they're singing. And it says all the uh, prisoners were listening to them. And God was there. And it says suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. So the whole prison shakes. It says at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. <laughs> I mean, this is powerful. Paul prayed and worshiped and the Lord delivered him and saved his captors. What happened after that is even more incredible. The jailer ran in, thought he uh, lost the prisoners, was going to kill himself because his life was going to be taken anyway. And Paul stops him, preaches the gospel to him. This man takes Paul and Silas to his home, gathers all of his family. Paul shares the gospel. The whole family gets saved. The jailer cleans them up. They go back to the jail. And in the morning, Paul is, uh, and Silas are released. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's just a, a crazy story. It's like a movie or something. And yet, um, this is the potential of prayer. Engaging with God, anything's possible. Heaven's will can come to the earth and break chains and save people and totally change situations because that's what the power of prayer does. Wow, so awesome. There's other ones. There's uh, uh, so many examples in the scriptures but I'm going to wrap this up. I do want you to check out Acts chapter 4, verse 31 to 34, where the early believers prayed, and God filled them with power. Moses prayed, and God led him to uh, you know, raise his staff and split the Red Sea, and God showed him what to do. And when you pray, you are interacting with God, and God will speak to you. He'll speak to your heart. Some, a lot of what God does in prayer is begins to change us, heal us, and he speaks to our heart. So this week, I want to challenge you to think about these things, that when you pray, you're not just talking. You should be listening. In fact, you should be listening more than talking. I, I really believe this. I believe God has something to share with you. God wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. And one of the best ways that I find to do this is open the Bible read a daily passage of scripture and go into prayer and let God begin to speak to you. This is his word, by the way, right? He already has spoken to us. And so most of the time God speaks to me when I am reading and praying and studying at the same time, because this is his word. So I want to encourage you to involve and include scripture reading in your times with God. But remember that when you are in this prayer time, God is with you. Listen to him. I expect God to speak to you. 
I expect God to encourage you. I expect God to heal you. I expect God to give you wisdom and insight. And he's, he's speaking to our hearts. Oftentimes, he's, he's giving us peace. He's giving us leadings. He's giving us nudges. He's bringing things up that he wants to heal and deal with. And he does that in, in, as we spend time in his word and as we spend time in his presence. So I want to encourage you to do that this week. Prayer is reflexive. It is interaction with God. God responds. God speaks. God acts. He instructs. He heals. He confirms. He comforts. He teaches. He empowers. He encourages. He corrects. He enlightens. He loves. You will experience these things in the presence of God. None of the people that I gave examples to you of uh, could wait for a phone call with somebody else, could wait until the next service. During our life this week, there's going to be moments when things pop up. And you don't have time to say, well, I'll pray about this, you know, uh, at Sunday service, or I, I will wait late. God doesn't want you to wait. Whatever's happening right now in real time, He wants you to engage with Him, interact with Him, and release the will of heaven right then and right there. And sometimes it's not just for you. Sometimes it's for the person that you're bumping into, you know, at the gas station or in the hallway or at the grocery store or on the sidewalk or in the office or in the classroom. And they need help. And you're there. And God is in you. And you can pray. And when you pray, God's there. God shows up. God moves. God touches. You see, God comforts. And, and, and that's who we are. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so build your prayer life this week in the daily moments of your, of your routines in your life. Listen to God. Let God use you in prayer, not just for yourself, but for the people around you. So let's do these two things this week. Continue to pray every day for your prayer list. And every day, become more aware of the opportunities to talk with God, to interact with God in real time with your daily life. All right? Well, before I close, I want to also give an invitation to anyone who's listening today that is wondering where they are with God and it just needs Jesus, needs to know Him. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through Him. As when I started this, this talk, I was reminding us that it only takes one prayer, one prayer of faith in Jesus to be reunited with God, to be forgiven of our sins, to be born again, and to have eternity with Him. And that prayer is you calling out to Jesus and receiving Him as Lord and Savior. If that's your desire today, let me give you uh, some words to put to that desire. Pray this with me right now. Say, Jesus, today I come to you in faith. I choose to believe that you are the Son of God, that you gave your life for me so I could be saved, forgiven, and have eternal, eternal life with you. Today, I place my faith in you, Jesus. Save me, forgive me, heal me, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm all yours. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome back. And keep growing, keep learning, keep praying, dive into God's Word.
So as we close this, this, uh, this uh, message today, I just want to, again, put the blessing of God upon you and your family and your household, okay? So let's just receive this blessing today. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. One final announcement, please consider getting connected to a life group. You can look at our app. You can come to the church or call the church. We'll try to help you out with that. We need each other. Let's get connected, not just with God, but let's get connected with one another too. God bless you. Have a great day. I love you. Hope to see you soon.